0: What's really going on, everyone? Back again with another episode. This is season four, episode two, as always, joined uh, by Mackenzie and Henry. Before we get into all of the latest news and topics, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms that includes Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WRGOPod, where we have fresh new graphics for a new season. So be sure to check those out. Be sure to also subscribe, like, listen, and comment on all of our streaming platforms that include Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Amazon and all everywhere where you get your
1: podcast mackenzie
2: and
0: henry how are you all
1: doing good
2: i'm you, I'm fresh back from what they call the last tailgate of howard's homecoming
1: oh yeah it is fresh off of howard homecoming how was it quick recap i did not go so i am definitely interested to hear you all talk about homecoming
2: Oh, well, like I said, like, you know, they sell or they're selling the lot where we host tailgate. So mm-hmm. allegedly this was the last tailgate. Um, I didn't know that until like recently, which is crazy to me, considering like when I was around Howard's campus, it did not. When I say it did not feel like campus, it's it's a new area like literally across from the towers there's whole foods and new developments across from the school of business there's a new condo in the middle of campus so like remember when we were protesting about people walking their dogs on campus mm-hmm. they're not a lot apparently because it just it just seems like howard is in the middle of new development uh the way they kind of blocked off the streets was irritating and it caused a lot of commotion a lot of people weren't able to access and I think it just caused extra traffic as far as like momentum or whatever I think the same energy was there I think like older people are just like mm, you might have lost me with this one I live in DC and I didn't go I didn't see Henry
1: oh wow you guys didn't leave <laughs> up no it was too Oh big. wow. I mean, and, I guess and, I'm not that surprised, but I'm like, I feel like you guys link up. Ev- I feel like we have like a moment that's okay every year.
0: We we couldn't betray you, Mackenzie. You weren't there. I <laughs> said, you know what, we're not going to do it. Um, so let's get into everything that we have. So we're going to begin with food for thought. So we're going to start with an interesting article from The Grio. All of the articles that we referenced today, we will post uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. So you all can find them. So it's about gerrymandering and its impact. Uh, on the 2024 election, it's a topic that's not really talked about. So, in several um, in several states, there are court battles uh, throughout the South, including Alabama, Texas, Florida, Louisiana, and Georgia, where Henry currently lives, uh, where states are accused of basically racial gerrymandering, which will determine the voting power of Black Americans in 2024 and future elections. So, over 12 maps are currently um, in court under litigation with over half controlled by Republicans who are alleged to have uh, diluted the power um, of black folks voting in these states, which could violate um, equal protection laws, and 14th, and 15th Amendment. Um, reading the article was actually like really, really surprising and shocking. But should this be like a bigger thing that we talk about in terms of a lot of power might shift and it just might happen and people might not really know about it?
1: Yeah, I definitely think we should talk more about it because up until you dropped the story in the doc, I really didn't know. I mean, I guess I saw stuff happening in the South, but it just didn't strike me as anything like out of the ordinary. I feel like people in places like Georgia, where voting is always like a thing. I didn't think it was anything mm-hmm. out of the ordinary. So, yeah, I definitely think it should be a bigger topic of discussion.
2: You definitely just took the words out of my mouth because it's always Georgia. Right. Uh <laughs> I kind of was familiar about it because if I'm not mistaken, we posted something from our Instagram mm-hmm. maybe last month about Alabama and how they were, it was several court cases in Alabama regarding like, gerrymandering and Black border right issues, I think is problematic and it kind of speaks to what Trump, like his foundation of going after the Judiciary Board uh, ensuring that like, Legislators and certain policies and things that were in place to kind of control the vote um where us as let's say black people or uh minorities, we don't necessarily pay as much attention to those things. We're just like what's directly affecting me rent prices, pay wages, health care, stuff like that that's where you get my attention, but this stuff is kind of like mm, I don't care until it really actually affects me and now you know, I can't vote at my local gym, I have to go 20 miles. And that's just gonna make it harder or for me to want to actually fulfill the requirement. So I think it's something that definitely needs to talk about, especially with the upcoming, upcoming election year, with what we have like facing uh, in this air quote democracy we live in. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and like to kind of like put a finer point on like what this could be. So essentially, like if Henry or if Mackenzie live in, you know, Georgia and New York, respectively, um, through talking to them, I know that they basically they live around a bunch of people who look like us who are black and brown. Essentially, what gerrymandering would do is it would basically pin one part of your neighborhood and put you with basically a bunch of white people. And it basically segments out the individual black population so that you know, Henry, you live around a bunch of black people. I live around a bunch of black people. It would basically like draw a part of where you live. So then basically you're represented by someone who doesn't look like you. And then a matter of, Hey, I live in outside of Atlanta, but the person who represents me lives, you know, two hours North because they gerrymandered the hell out of my district. And it only includes this part of Atlanta with all these other white suburbs. And now the person who I live around or the people who I live around, they don't feel like they're actually like their vote is reflected. So i don't really know how there's i don't really know what to do about this i think that's like the frustrating thing is that like a lot of this is just to what we all talk about it's like the courts so i clearly there needs to probably be a larger conversation about like who's actually appointing these people to the court and like are do they look like do those people look like us because more likely they'll actually be the ones to like understand these issues
2: well no like that becomes a question for me like how do we actively real time solve this because as a Black man in America, in a Black city like Atlanta, I don't, we just talked about Cop City. I don't want things that are being invested in by my taxman dollars that are not beneficial to me. You know what I'm saying? So how can I, as a regular citizen, get involved and maybe make some noise about this?
0: What I would probably recommend people do is um, attend like a local meeting with their like state representative and tell them like, hey, I want to be sure that Either we have like an independent commission that like basically you'd basically take politicians out of the process. Because what happens is like politicians like divide the lines themselves and choose, hey, you know, Henry's community votes here. McKenzie's community is not going to vote with these people. They're going to vote with those people. Um, So it's probably actually just like talking to state officials. And the good thing, at least about it, is that like it's not like members of Congress or they're harder to access. State officials are actually probably very easy to access. You can probably email someone from their staff and they'll probably get back to you in like a day in terms of like, they just don't have that much casework. Where Remember the Congress are dealing with a whole bunch of BS, but like, Henry, if you probably reached out to your state representative, I'm sure if you've like really worked it hard for maybe like a day, you could probably maybe even talk to them or like talk to their chief of staff about it and have like an official case log or have like an official documented case. It's just harder to kind of do that. Um, So that's what I would recommend or just like telling people like, Hey, this is something that we need to focus on. Let's form a community group. and get signatures and then drop them off at the person's office that at least, you know, it's like those smaller kind of things, but I don't, it's kind of a cluster F a little bit.
2: Like real time organizing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the small time stuff. And I think um, that actually plays into something that I want to get both of your take on. Um, There was also a recent article um, in the uh, Associated Press uh, that basically said Americans faith in institutions and Congress is at a, apparently an all time low. So 53% of Americans said that they hardly have, quote unquote, any confidence in the people who are running Congress. Uh, Of course, Congress has gone without a Speaker of the House for three weeks, the first time in U.S. history. Um, And Mackenzie, I'll start with you. 45% of people say they have little or no confidence in news media to report the news fully, accurately and fairly. As the news representative of the three of us, how say you, esteemed journalist?
1: I mean, honestly, like I do feel for people just because of like what's been happening with, I mean, this will be our next topic, but what's going on in the Middle East and just how the media has been reporting it. I can see why someone would not trust the media because it's just like things are skewed um, and you just see how these leaders in Congress and even the president are clearly on one side of the argument. So how can you believe that they're given an unbiased opinion when it's clear as day in another topic? That it's one sided. So I do feel for people, but I will say that there have been you do have to find mm-hmm. media outlets that you trust. Like I feel like The New York Times, to an extent, has done some unbiased reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Plus, Al Jazeera, I think, has been doing yeah, Al Jazeera's you, really good. Yeah. You just have to find out what media outlets you really trust. Um, but I do think that we can't just be away with the press because you do need that information. You mm-hmm. do need that context. You do need a well-rounded I guess, source of conversation so that you can formulate your own opinion. But I mean, I do feel for people like the media has sometimes said things that I feel like personally isn't not true. And even working in the media, there's some things that an organization that I work with that I don't necessarily agree with how Mm -hmm. it's being, I won't say being reported, but it's like when you read it, you already kind of know what side they're on. So I won't say it's directly reported in a particular way. But I do encourage people to find find resources that they feel like are being unbiased. But I don't think we can just be in a world without media and press and everybody's lying. Like, that's not helpful either.
0: As someone who's in these newsrooms, what do you think is something that they should change, either from like a representation standpoint or in which the way in which they're covering it? Because I would assume that from my vantage point as someone who's not in news, it seems like they have a lot of reporters who are concentrated in like dc new york la and if you're not anywhere there it seems like your perspective is probably not being told or Mm -hmm. but i mean you're actually so what do you think in terms of like what's the easiest way to change this or is there an easy fix?
1: i would say this is one thing that i think is so important is local news stations and mm -hmm. i don't think it's it's News stations are local reporters and it goes deeper because it's just lack of funding in like local markets yeah. and stuff like that. But I do think larger organizations can amplify those stories in the local markets because My concerns in New York are clearly not the same concerns about what Henry is going on and going through in Georgia. Like, I just would not have the same perspective other than us both being black. But it is important for me to tap into the Atlanta Chronicle or people who are really Mm -hmm. on the ground in Atlanta. And and honestly, even outside of Atlanta, because Atlanta concerns might not be the state of Georgia concerns and people in the smaller um in the smaller counties and cities within southern states like that, so I think the biggest thing that these larger organizations can do is amplifying the stories of these local news reporters that are doing the doing the work on the ground, getting stories and different perspectives. Because you know, just like I said, like just because I'm black does not mean that I have the same perspective as some black woman in idaho or in the midwest we just have or even
0: who lives in your building
1: yeah (laughs) yeah we don't so um it it, i think the biggest thing is that these large organizations can just amplify these local news reporters and local news stations and stuff like that
0: henry can i ask you a question that i just thought of as mckenzie was talking um remember when you and i first started this podcast in the lowly years of 2016 and we tried to get Uh information and remember what we would always come across a firewall um should more news actually be free or should there be some type of public subsidy for news where you know it's like hey this news website will give you three clicks a month and it's like if you actually want to be an, an informed citizen you have to pay for that and should that actually be a thing in terms of like i want to just access information or read the news to Mackenzie's point, if you want to read all of these sites, most of them have a paywall where after a certain point, you can't access it. Um, but to your point, Henry, I know we, you and I have always talked about like accessibility. Should things like that be in place where it seems like if you actually want to get the news, it's increasingly harder or you have to pay more money to
2: do so? I think, like, <laughs> you know how they used to not allow slaves to read? Absolutely. This kind of relates right? No, in my mind, it relates to that because access to information gives you power Mm -hmm. and the ability to to implement and institutionalize ideologies and mindsets and the way forward in life. Uh, So to kind of directly answer your question for me, I don't think I should be charged to have access to know what's Mm -hmm. going on in the world. That's just capitalism. I would like to maybe google real quick but we're in the middle of recording but like i'm sure they're like let's say well this is going to be a stretch because the minor the in in the uk and over there they kind of control it through their government but i would maybe want to say everybody has access to it right i think their media system is just a little bit different where i
0: feel like um Like, kind of like the best way to probably get like free information, which to Mackenzie's point, we should probably put more resources to is like places like NPR and like public radio and like public access, where it's like they do really, really good stuff. But it's kind of like if you're not tuning into that one thing, you're probably not going to get anything.
1: Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say, like, I don't, I definitely don't support access journalism and stuff like the paywalls. Yeah. But it's just so complicated because. That's the only way these companies are like, making money. That's not true, Lizzie. I mean, no. I'm, I'm, t-
2: I'm t- really, Newspapers no, like,
1: are struggling. You no, know, they're struggling. Yeah. So it's bad. like, that's why when you go to a New York Times and as a former person of the New York Times, when I got hired, my first question was during the pandemic, how do I ensure that I won't be laid off? Because I'm looking at mm-hmm. all the other news organizations who have laid off, mm-hmm. being laid off. And they said, because we have this, paid program that helps us not depend on advertising so to take that away i guess the only solution would be government-based but you don't want a news organization being funded by yeah
0: yeah right that's as soon as i said it i was like uh that gets really dicey really quick It's tricky.
2: my whole train of thought to where i'm like well that's where advertising comes to play they just you know work with but
0: then but then it's the economics of it if people if less people are reading I'm not going to pay you as much to put my ad, my Nike ad on your front page because 100%. not many people are watching it. Um, but I wonder, cause I mean like the New York times is, I mean, not New York times NPR is publicly funded or it's funded by Congress. I wonder if there was just some like pot of money, that you could like disperse to different news organizations because mm-hmm. i feel like to your point mackenzie eventually we're just going to get to a point where it's like the new york times washington post maybe the la times and then like <laughs> no one else like because no one even, else
1: even the washington post is funded by Struck. amazon just yeah, so
0: yeah so they're not So how can you care. accurately
1: criticize amazon if you're being funded by amazon you know it's just right. like yeah. that so it's complicated but i don't support access journalism to henry's point i do feel like it does create elitism, like getting access to this information, it should not cost you anything to inform. so.
0: Absolutely. Um, All right, so now we're going to move on to the big fact, which, as you can imagine, is all about uh, the Gaza-Israeli situation. Um, The question that I have for you all, we can figure this out in real time, Do you all want me to provide you? I have something written down. Do you all want me to provide you a history of context, or do we want to save that for never? Because I think context is very. When I
2: seen the big fact, I was like, "I'm glad I'm self employed right now." That is, I'm just being honest because I've seen a lot of like, like scrutiny around this issue, especially when people are talking about it on social media. And to kind of how you highlighted earlier, earlier that country coming out, Mackenzie, um, to the point of you saying how, like, damn, I lost my though.
1: What, that the media is on one side?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going with it. I was like caught myself and then lost myself. Point in case media being on one side, we, when me and Noah discuss how he would maybe prepare exploring the history of this. Issue, I explained my perspective from what I understood this to be a religious issue. And it then is not, Noah, it's not right, <laughs> it's Noah not. then kind of made it blatantly clear that it's not. And for me, I think and not even me, from my perspective, observing observing how the conversation is being held on social media through Media Outlets, and then how major corporations and entities are responding to the issue. I think it has been slighted and a a lot of conflated information has yeah, happened.
1: I would say no go ahead and give like a quick history because I do yeah. think with people reposting stuff. I don't even black people, I'm like I don't, don't see yeah. y'all even knowing what y'all are reposting right now.
2: And that's yeah. that's where I was going. I just wanted to give my friend that yeah. before the trolls <laughs> come trolling. Extend me grace. <laughs>
0: um okay so the the quickest way to do this and i will try to like be very brief so to mackenzie to your point and to your point as well henry i think people think that this conflict is like you know 500 or something years old like it's the easiest way to describe it is that eventually in like the early 1900s what was then known as what became israel was known as the quote-unquote ottoman empire if you are a student of history like myself world world war one happened that empire collapses of course, because colonialism is a factor of all things in life, Britain basically takes over the portion that then becomes Israel. Palestinians are living there, and they basically call it the British Mandate for Palestine. They call it that from around 1917 to around 1948. All this time, of course, because the Holocaust is happening, Jews keep moving to this place, feeling that, hey, the only way we can avoid persecution and have freedom, given that you know the Germans are just slaughtering us and all these other factors, they say, this place is the only place we can go because of the historic connection to Jerusalem. So all the while, while more Jews are moving into this place, but that is known as the British mandate for Palestine, the local Arabs and Jews keep just having conflict. The UN steps in and British goes, Britain goes out and says, hey, we're going to divide this place into two places. Israel, you're going to get a state and Palestine, you're going to get a state. Immediately, the Arab countries around that, because of colonialism, and they were recently free, like Egypt, Jordan, are basically saying, hey, the UN is coming in here, giving Israel a state. Now we have to go to war with Israel because they're going to come and jack us up. Essentially, that involved in the conflicts. Israel wins those conflicts, and then they basically take part of Palestine for a long, long period of time. All throughout that, they basically have an agreement in the 70s that basically says, hey, okay, we're going to have peace. But all the while israelis keep moving into this area known as the west bank that is a part of palestine which is a huge 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 problem that is essentially the like core of the conflict that palestinians and rightfully so and more people have said like this violates like the u.n decree that basically israelis are moving into territory that has been given to the palestinians and the israeli government has often subsidized that land because it's cheaper for political reasons that is essentially the heart of this conflict, is that there is, it's essentially a fight over land, land that some would say all of, quote unquote, Israel belongs to the Palestinians, but it just, it's not working that way. There is a state for Israel. There originally was an area for Palestine that Israelis kept moving to, which basically made Palestinians feel as if, hey, you all are moving into our territory. Now we can never truly have this freedom that we believe is ours. That's essentially the heart of the conflict. And essentially within that, this terrorist group, Hamas, basically comes up, which is now at the heart of the conflict today, because they basically said, Hey, you all are not giving us the freedom that we want. And of course, and I think this is kind of what Henry and I were talking about. I'm sure Mackenzie, I'd like to get your thoughts. I think um, I think a lot of people, especially who are black and brown, identify with the Palestinians as, you know, oppressed people, black people, can identify, I think, with the struggle of the Palestinians. Um, where they're saying these people are oppressed, they have this land that is not being theirs, and they're being kind of overseen by forces that have more money, that are whiter. And I think we as Black people can all kind of relate to that, where it's these brown people are certainly being persecuted and being surveyed and have less access to resources, finance, medicine, money, because of these other forces that are largely white um, are over them. That's essentially like the heart of it without like going into like, you know, oh, well in 1964 this happened, but I think that's like the heart of it. And before I get your thoughts, I think like the interesting thing is that I think um, that I've been thinking about a lot is that I think actually the more I thought about it, the media has played a terrible role in I think defining this conflict and that I think they've only focused on the atrocities of, of Hamas, which they should like what they did is terrible and it actually does the Palestinian people a disservice Um But what the Israeli government is equally doing them a disservice, where I think kind of where Israel is now is, I think, very similar to where we were before we invaded Afghanistan and Iraq, where we're going to, I think Israel is on the verge of justifying itself to do something that has like a 20 year impact that then makes Palestinian people not actually want to seek peace. And I think that is the key part of It's like eventually everyone needs to like relax and just say like, hey, we want a state you want like to not get killed so how do we figure that out but if Hamas kills Israel Israelis Israelis are gonna go kill more people in Gaza Palestinians are not going to want to like seek peace with those people because they just said hey I have a family member living in Gaza and you just bombed my sister's house so I don't want to seek peace with you um I'm gonna stop and I'll let you all talk but I think that's a perfect I think level setting of like how we got here. Cause I think people just think that this like just sprawled up out like the wazoo or something, or as if this conflict is not very like, you know, history heavy, um, but Mackenzie overall, I think what are your thoughts about what's happening? I think it's cause there's a lot or like the media, how we've talked about it, which I think is
1: yeah, honestly, not well. I'm just, I'm just so disappointed in the media, it's honestly, because I just feel like I couldn't imagine like, like as a black person, or if I was Palestinian and saw like just how the media is truly on one side, it's just it's really disappointing because it's like also then you see Biden um, funding mm-hmm. all of this money and and like to your point, you're funding all of this money to and I'm just thinking about it as white and black, like you're funding money mm-hmm. to the oppressor to then harm the oppressed people even more. And it's just like, it's not right. And I do think it is going to escalate and it's going to continue to escalate. And then we're going to be on the side of supporting the oppressor. And I just, I don't know, just looking at the media, literally all you see is Biden supports Israel. We stand with Israel. And it's like, even at work, like when you see, I've seen a lot of um, companies put out there, you know, mm-hmm. their, their comments or whatever. And it's mind it. one-sided. Yeah, and <laughs> mine too. And it's all mind one-sided. It. No recognition of, you know Palestine and Palestinian people and what they're going through as well and like you said it's never talking about the history and that's why I also was kind of there was like a post a lot of black people were posting and it gave very much like all lives matter and it kind of like irritated me because I'm like I don't think you guys know what you guys are really posting because this isn't really an all lives matter thing this is people that are brown and black who are seeking liberation and they deserve liberation. And to not, it's kind of like just one of those things of like, I don't want to say you have to pick a side, but this is something that I do feel like if you don't understand the oppressed people here, then I don't feel like you understand the struggle of black and brown people across the world. And it's that. And I, go ahead, Henry. <laughs>
2: I'm just like, um, don't agree with the pick-a-side thing. Like, I definitely understand that, like, like, let's say how, like, especially as Americans, we're not concerned with things that aren't directly at my doorstep. That's just fact. <laughs> Which, in case, for me and my stance, can I say that, like, and I'm, I'm. you know, I'm the devil's advocate here. I don't have, I'm not saying Henry's stance. I'm just playing the conversation. If I just felt like, okay, i feel I do understand, like, this is how the world works. The powers that may be that have the better relationships with money, control, institution, blah, blah, blah. They are going to maybe respond in a more erratic way versus the oppressed who are short on resources. And just because of a particular group of persons, they are now being labeled as terrorists and rapists and all these negative terms so like can I just say that it's a nasty situation that I I kind of like you know hold my hands up and I don't have an opinion it would that be wrong of someone to say I mean, the, no. I mean, I think. No,
1: I'm not saying that.
2: Go go ahead, go ahead,
1: Michaela. I was just saying, no, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm not saying that at all. Like, I haven't been posting because it is complicated. If you don't mm-hmm. know, it's okay <laughs> for you to say you don't know, and it's, it's really not directly affecting you. I'm just talking about people who are directly kind of chiming in, and you don't know what you're talking about. That's all.
0: Yeah, like for context, I had read maybe like thirty percent of what like I actually had because it's a like this is like real shit. This is very deep, and I think to. What you all were talking about, not talking about this as if this doesn't have a lot of context and a lot of like like you know, leeway and runtime, I think does the conflict a disservice. Where I think we're talking about it as if this is just like, hey, on this day something happened and Israel responded. It's like, no, no, no. This is a result of like decades and decades and decades and and like over a hundred years of people feeling this way because of all of these different touch points in history. And I think if we don't talk about that, we're like, hey. The reason why people are really going up for Palestine is if you do kind of know the history you'll know that like hey these people didn't really do anything <laughs> it's kind of like the frustrating part of like hey these people just the same way Israel wants its land and the same way Israel wants its freedom and, and its ability to be safe which I think it should have like it should have like that's I think people often try to make it seem like it's just like there's no like middle ground where it's like yes two things can be true but it takes both sides to understand like hey if we just want peace, Israel has to have its place. Palestine has to have its place. It can't be. And that's the part of the problem is that like the Israeli government wants to basically isolate Palestine. Hamas wants to kill every Israeli. Like Israeli. We're not, if, if if those two groups are in power, we're never going to get to a, like, a unity place. And to McKenzie's point, that's the conversation that has never happened. It's all focused on like, well, Hamas needs to go. Yes, Hamas needs to go, but the Israeli government needs to be replaced because their their main goal and focus is to isolate the Palestinians. And it's kind of like when you back people into a corner, you don't want to know their means to get out. And the problem is, is that as long as Israelis keep killing innocent Palestinians and historically since from according to the UN from 2018 to September 2023, from Israeli Palestinian conflicts, 6,400 Palestinians have died compared to 300 Israelis. And that doesn't include the, you know, thousands upon thousands of innocent civilians. If you don't offer Palestinians a way out, they're going to resort to more violent, more aggressive means to achieve their freedom because they're going to say, negotiating with you all doesn't work. When I sit back, somehow innocent people get killed. What other choice are you leaving me but to say, hey, this terrorist group is here? Whatever. You have to give people a way to freedom. And right now, Palestinians don't have that. And I think that's like the conversation that We're like the media here is not having. Like the Israeli government is equally a
2: part of this problem and they need to go too. I
1: completely agree. That's exactly what I was gonna, oh, go ahead Henry.
2: That's what's been upsetting for me is kind of witnessing all the, like it's so many bombings and killings going on from the Israeli government. And it's just like, they're defending themselves. When realistically, the Palestinians are like how big of land? with like it's some 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 hundreds of feet, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, imagine Gaza is basically like the size of Manhattan, so it's like two million people. But in New York, everyone's fucking crunched up together, so that's the part of the problem. But that's my point. From the that I've yeah. seen,
2: Israel is this big, and <laughs> Palestine is this big, so it's like you can only think the government the military infrastructure is stronger so they're coming in with bombs and blazing and this small place is defending itself by telling people to move from one side of the country to another side of the country and then y'all come kill them and what was really and 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 then they
0: have no guarantee of actually being a one and i think this is an important note they have no guarantee of being able to one get out if they try to go to egypt and and, they
2: have to get approval to travel or something right
0: not that it has to be an agreement but also what these other and this is like the history of it other countries are saying why aren't the arab countries around you know palestine and gaza doing more well historically when palestinians have had to flee because of these conflicts they haven't been allowed to come back and that's a huge piece of this is that the other countries around you know gaza and palestine and israel are saying We might be able to take these people but because we don't know who's who we might have a terrorist organization within our own country that we have to deal with or will you all take them back (laughs) like and there's no answer there like will they be allowed to go back to gaza israel palestine and like so far historically the answer has been no there are a ton of palestinians living in lebanon and all these other countries because they had to flee and they were never allowed to come back and but because I want to get your I, I do like the fact that you said that I think we're on the verge of giving a lot of money to Israel. Yes, that's and crazy. I think it's not talked about how that money is not going to fund infrastructure support or medicine for the people of Israel. It's going to more likely be used for one thing and one thing.
1: Yeah. it's that be, is to it's kill people. It's- it yes, it's, it's, war, fu- it's, right? funding, it's funding a war it's it would be funding yeah. a, with that amount of money that's uh, allegedly about to be given that is funding a war and that's, where that's not it's, for a
0: humanitarian effort it's, it's, it's not, not a
1: humanitarian effort but i will go over so far with all the stuff that's going on in our country as well it's just like people are struggling to make rent and like buy houses and all of this stuff but we have all this money to support a war and it's just like it's not right. And back to the terrorist group, I, that's why I think about it black and white, because it's just like during the civil rights mu- movement, they shot down MLK. And then when we had these Black Panthers Alchemist pop <laughs> yes, up, is, and we had a Fred Hammond pop up, then they were terrorists. And it's like you said, once you're backed into a corner, and I, I don't support terrorists. Let me just be very yeah. clear. But, yeah, that's real. But, yeah. but when people are backed into a corner, what are you supposed to do? And then all you see on the media is that we stand with the people who are taking land from us like what am what am i supposed to do what are our other options here seriously and,
2: and, and to your and point genocide here you guys
1: yeah and yeah. we're funding it and we might be funding it and we might that be.
2: was my next point the u.s is definitely funding it and that's what was cra- is blood on my hands as an american that's and crazy. i think
0: and i think the point in which i think we need to hear to mckenzie's point is i have yet to hear the story of the palestinian person who is living in Gaza who is just living and has nothing to do with any of this shit and it's just like here's my reality (laughs) like i am you know harassed and terrorized by a terrorist group of people who claim the same identity as me but also across these borders i'm getting bombed by people who have no issue with what i did with what they did and that's i think the story that i think needs to come out is like hey here are these people who are literally stuck in no man's land. Like they can't do anything and they're helpless. They can't leave. And if they do leave, they have all of these different, you know, issues of relocation and, you know, getting killed and lack of access to health, wealth, money, gas, clean water, hospitals. Someone needs to write that story. And I think those, those are the stories and the thing that we need to hear versus just like, here's the status of, you know, the war and here's how many bombs went off. Like, I read this today. 700 people died in Gaza today. It was the deadliest day. I haven't heard that today at all. That's a problem. We're not talking about the actual death toll that's happening. We're just talking about another day of strikes that killed 700. We don't know if those are confirmed people from Hamas or innocent civilians. I'm willing to guess what I think they are, but we're not talking about that. So. I don't know what to say anymore. Uh, we'll wrap up now because Henry told me to identify markers for our podcast. We're going to go to heads up. Um, so another guilty plea happened in the Trump Georgia case. and attorney, Jenna Ellis, pleaded guilty to a felony charge over uh, efforts to overturn Donald Trump's election loss in Georgia. She's the fourth person to declare uh, a plea. Um, I want to get to your thoughts. Um, do you think this is a worthy sentence for trying to throw a coup against the government? Apparently, her sentence is five years of probation. Five thousand dollars fine and a hundred hours of community service. I'm sure we can all pull an example of someone doing more time for a. Literally, I'm gonna
2: tell you about somebody I know. Let me stop yelling. I'll be forgetting. Y'all, listen to this in your earpods. My bad. For real, listen. Like, it's to have the privilege <laughs> yeah. of money and whiteness, I'm not prejudiced, but it's crazy to me. That this is your sentences for literally uh, like, overthrowing the, ground, like the overthrowing government. The like what? If that if that was my little black self, thirty I'll years. Just, even if I don't pay my taxes in <laughs> a certain amount of time, I'm getting locked up for more than five that, years. I think no, Wesley Snipes got more than that. I think Leslie you know Snipes know in jail time. So I just don't. I really don't understand. Like, how do they think? We live in a air quote just system when stuff like this happens on a regular basis. And like stuff like this made me want to be a lawyer, but that's really enough about it. And that's honestly and genuinely and truly. And that's why I commend my neo who just passed the New York bar this weekend. Jameson, I'm so proud of you, bro. Uh, point in case, we need more black people in the law field taking it seriously and actually. Uh really trying to figure it out because the law was made to protect white people is nothing but a finesse of words if I'm being honest so it 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 it's annoying when my lawyer ain't as cool with the judge as his lawyer that's really what this all come down to for real it's annoying. And-
1: Y'all need to show up to jury duty, too, honestly. That's
2: true.
0: First vote so you could be eligible for it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You need to show up to jury duty because, um, listen, mm. I know a couple of my friends who try to get out of jury duty. But it is, you at the end of the day, yes, lawyers, 100%. But the people actually deciding are the people who sit on the jury. So as an active person in society, as a Black person, you need to be sitting on that jury. That's the gem of the day. Mackenzie we're, gonna,
0: yeah. Mackenzie, we're going to come back to you. Um, I'd like to think you're the wine expert of the three of us. So I'm going to ask you this. Last week, Issa Rae announced uh, the launch of Via Ray, a new Prosecco brand made in conjunction with a E&J Gala winery. Have you partaken? Will you partake? I saw the picture of the of the men of Insecure. I got excited for one second, thought they were doing a spinoff. Apparently they're not, but they were drinking the wine. Have you purchased? Will you so are you yes, going to support I will businesses?
1: purchase. <laughs> I will purchase. I have not. I want to say it's at Target, but I don't feel like it's at my local store yet. You
0: but know, Target I... doesn't historically sell alcohol in black neighborhoods, but we haven't. Okay, we haven't. Talk- You're not in black neighborhoods at all. Let's
2: be clear: their ideal customer is a white woman going to college, <laughs> and she starts her relationship with them, and then when she gets married, and then when she goes <laughs> I know the customer. Hey, um... have you
1: have you tried it, at
2: Henry? It's not available in my neighborhood.
1: I'm gonna <laughs> say I don't. I'm gonna definitely look this weekend though because I have seen somebody um have a bottle of it, and I love prosecco. So I'm I know I'm gonna. Who doesn't look it. I know? So, I'm gonna well, do yeah.
2: It. Uh I, I'm a support because it's Easy. Easy, you know I love you. This our second time, second time mentioning you this season. So you maybe should come on for an episode instant plug. Nonetheless, I definitely will be uh purchasing, you know, my vine.
0: There it is. Uh so last thing we're gonna talk about is Tyler Perry. He's been in the news a lot this week. Um, so Tyler Perry has gone public on why he won't reconsider a bid um to purchase BET after Paramount closed its bid in around May. He said, and quote, don't try to get me to pay for something that's not worthy anywhere near the value. Apparently, Paramount was asking uh, for over three billion dollars for the BET Media Group, which included BET, BET Plus and VH1. I would have told them to shove that deal somewhere where they couldn't. But I mean, and look how God works. Meanwhile, just today on uh, October 24th, uh, Tyler Perry uh, announced that he had closed a partnership with Netflix to write, direct and produce films. Um, under a new deal with eight movies over the next four years. I'll actually include the article. um, I think it was, um, I forget who it's from, but it basically includes films that are well beyond like Medea. It includes like a World War II film. It includes very much so different Black storytelling, uh, which Mackenzie- What
2: is this? that's what we were waiting for. They better not be trash now. That's all I was gonna
1: say. Like, this is all good on paper, but right. comma, are there writers in the room? Hey, look, look, look,
2: hear me out, hear me out. If he, no, look, if he, no, Jay-Z, that's, that's if, not a part if, of the deal. Pause. No, look, Jay Z be doing his little thing with the Super Bowl and they little deal. Like, the performances have gotten very black and better. We can't. I'm not,
1: I'm not saying it's not going to be black, but like what?
2: That's man. what I'm saying, Mackenzie. Long as it's better quality content, because the thing but is. But that's so
1: much to say. Like he has stuff on BTS, has several shows on BT. It's M- not
2: quality M- content, Mackenzie.
1: So then what McKenzie. do you think would be different from him taking the content? Oh, from that's Netflix where I say he,
2: TV. hopefully within this deal, Netflix got different writers, different whatever. I don't know. I'm the sure
1: he would it. be funding the writers, it would be him.
0: Hey, mckenzie tyler perry is the only person during that writer's strike who was like yo it's my time i'm BI. be all right yeah like seriously <laughs> no be
1: I'm all serious, right. like henry why Go do you think time. it would be different like netflix is like i, I can only company.
2: hope mckenzie mckenzie again to the point in which i understood of what noah just said of like these are the terms of a con- I i can only hope it's gonna be better c- content Look, I, I said, "quote unquote."
1: But like, here's what
2: I said: I said, write,
0: comma, direct, and produce. He might be doing those all at one time. I don't, yeah.
1: know. <laughs> I don't
2: know. Listen, I can only hope, considering he is the, like, who in media has as much control as Tyler Perry? Sean A black.
1: Adams?
0: Who? Oh, that's
2: man. actually the answer. That's actually the
0: answer. That's Shonda actually rhymes? Yeah, Shonda, Shonda rhymes is the answer. That's and, the correct. Shonda,
1: and that's what I'm thinking of because Shonda Land Shonda is bigger. Lane. Yeah. Yeah. And Shonda is hiring her own team. It's not like Netflix. Like, it's not like her Netflix. reach is also broader.
2: I, I asked the question you answered, but like then it becomes a question like Shonda's content is, I mean, it's good content. It's more evergreen. It's more evergreen. It, yes. It's not directly speaking to black stories.
1: All I'm saying is if he does not hire writers to do a World War II film and it's only I am not excited. That's all I'm saying.
2: (laughs) We don't want to mess up with Tyler Perry. I think the bigger part of this conversation (laughs) though is how, like, why is Paramount doing this? like,
1: Did they say how much they bought it from
2: No. I, I or rather I have not looked that up. I have not. I
0: should have. But I I'm sure they didn't buy it from Robert Johnson for three billion yeah, dollars.
2: <laughs> right. That, and that, that, that becomes my question, because like, OK, let's say this deal didn't go through. We know that the, these three black media groups are struggling wow. in a lot of different areas. But Tyler Perry has been a major source of content for at least two of these hubs which i would be curious to know okay what happens now like does the content get pulled do we continue I
1: pull my content Here's right. here's why he no,
2: listen. if he pulls the content and then there's no programming on these platforms what happens to a black media group in this big conglomerate of we know what we understand is the damn monopoly between like six hundred companies. Here was
0: Paramount's original sin. They originally bought Paramount for two point three billion dollars. <laughs> that was their original F up. They over they over. they overbought.
1: So wait, Paramount bought BET for two point three billion dollars. Yes,
0: that's where they messed up. Oh, they're they're trying, trying to recuperate they're trying money. To make a, they're trying, they're to trying to get to money off yeah. That's where they messed up. Wait, and, so they did
1: honestly, pay Robert. Robert how much?
0: <laughs> they or, or rather I see what Paramount is trying to do because but also this is a matter of TV has changed people aren't watching as much TV as they used to so back when they bought it everybody was watching BET and over 20 years since that has like fallen through so they're saying hey we don't want to sell this for nothing we want to get a profit so we'll ask for 3 billion and hope we make 400 million dollars off this thing that no one watches probably knowing that like that's not the value Worst come to worse we'll just keep it.
1: Yeah. Okay,
2: just and for food of thought or like just for like again what I do on the podcast, what if like um I don't know, Jeff Bezos buys it? What I don't if, see why he would, but
1: oh my gosh, No, without know, my idea? question.
0: What what if he somebody, does that probably video that wouldn't make sense? Yeah, it wouldn't
2: make sense. <laughs> what if so, let, let's not be literal? The what if somebody who doesn't have the interests of our people in media. Buys the company and then is know, that not the case now?
1: I <laughs> was literally just, I mean, buying. What's combine? the
2: difference? What's the difference?
1: <laughs> mm, okay. What's the difference?
2: Okay, whatever. We can wrap it up. Rabbit What's up. the
0: difference? Rabbit. Well, boom. This has been season four, episode two. Once again, off to a blazing start. Be sure to check out all of our brand new social media content at wrgopod on Twitter, otherwise known as X. Instagram, and YouTube at WRGO Pod. Henry has been in the lab cooking up brand new graphics. McHenry has been working her digital mastermind so we can actually all be seen at the same time. We're going onwards and upwards, people. Be sure to also like, listen, and subscribe on all of our streaming platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now on Amazon. So be sure to check that out. We're also on iHeartRadio. All right, boom.